Hello, Joyful Health friends. Welcome to another episode. Um, the theme for 2024 is reaching out and growing up, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body of Christ. This is from Ephesians 4.12. And today we have a topic um, that is, can be controversial, but we believe needs to be talked about. Um, it's gluttony and fasting. <laughs> so as we were kind of praying before this episode, um, I just noticed some, some fear in me rising up of what if we say the wrong thing, but um, that perfect love casts out fear. And so we know that we have God's word um, to instruct us. And, you know, we just want to speak from our experience as well to kind of um, encourage you in these areas. And I'm really, really excited to bring on Brittany Roswell as our guest. So welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much, Casey. I'm really excited to get into this topic. And I will second what you said too about just, it's not always so much about saying the right thing. Something mm -hmm. I, I tell my clients and students and podcast listeners is, you know, I can't be anybody's Bible. All I can yeah. do is is read the word and ask the Lord for wisdom to interpret it. So we'll just encourage listeners today to do the same thing, to take what we're saying and take it to the Lord first and then mm -hmm. use your discernment from there. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that reminder. That's really helpful. Um, okay, so Brittany, you have been on the podcast before, but um, just to reintroduce you to the listeners, if y'all don't know Brittany, she is a registered dietitian. She's a public speaker. She's the host of the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. Um, she provides Christ-centered body image and food freedom coaching to Christian women through her course, The Joy-Filled Eater, and her live coaching membership program, The Joy-Filled Food Freedom Society. Lots of freedom. I love it. Lots um, of freedom. Lots of joy. <laughs> yes. And, okay, you're passionate about speaking and in-person and virtual stages around the world because we can do that with our online ministries to help women overcome the lies of diet culture, to learn to cultivate body wisdom so they can nourish and care for their body and health with confidence. Yes. Okay. I love being able to read your bio before because it really, I think, frames the goal here um, for this podcast. And it's about freedom, cultivating that body wisdom so that you can nourish and care for their body um, with, and health with confidence because, you know, we have not been given a spirit of fear or of timidity, um, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, yes. um, so yeah, let's kind of shed some light on these topics of gluttony and fasting. Um, do you have any like personal experiences that you would like to share of why this has been on your heart and you know, why you feel like you want, want to talk about it today? Yeah. So from, um, kind of just a, a personal and, and professional experience, mm -hmm. I've, I've just seen both topics worked so much, especially mm -hmm. within the church. Um, and that has become something I've gotten really passionate about the last couple of years is it, I, I want to get in front of as many Christian leaders as possible and let them know like, Hey, yes, both are legitimate. Both are our struggles and we can't misinterpret. We, it, you can't look at anybody and tell, you know, if they're struggling with mm. some type of disordered eating versus gluttony versus, you know, you can't see intentions behind fasting. And so just being aware about what are the clear differences? What are they? How do we recognize them? There is a place for fasting. Okay. So little, um, 
sneak peek there, okay? Like, there's permission to do that. It's biblical, but I'm... I have seen it show up so many times and I've had so many conversations with clients and students and sessions where their disordered eating stemmed from some misinformation that they heard about one or the other of these. Mm -hmm. And we can get into some examples of that as we go if you want, but, but I've just seen something that should be that are, they're both very biblically founded and I've just Mm -hmm. seen the enemy warp them in ways that really mess up someone's not only relationship with food or their body, but also with the Lord and with the the body of believers. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, a lot of these warped views don't come out until they come and meet with you. (laughs) I mean, we don't know what people are struggling with. And then you as a professional meet with people and understand, oh, this, this was planted, like this seed was planted years and years ago. And you were internally struggling until it grew. Um, And maybe no one challenged that thought because maybe it didn't come out or maybe, you know, that person didn't feel the freedom to openly struggle with that because that's just not openly talked about in our society. And so which is part of why we want to talk about it on the podcast, too. Yeah. Hey, let's let's make this let's normalize this conversation um, so we don't have to struggle for years and years. Um, on our own and then have to see a professional down the road. So um, yeah, I, I can think of like a specific, I did a, a Daniel plan fast in college and that kind of, a, I, I lost weight for the first time in my life and thought, huh, this is interesting. And it's, it, it can get really hard because it was a fast that was connected to the church and connected to weight loss for me. And then yeah. I thought, well, the, the world talks about weight loss as a positive thing. And then so I had to capture that thought and think, is this a good thing? Should I be happy that I have to tighten my belt a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And then should I feel bad after that, knowing that, oh, I, I don't lose weight normally um, outside of this fast. And then yep. I've done a sugar fast before, and that really led to unhealthy thoughts about sugar and And then feeling guilty about eating things with sugar, including carbs and all kinds of different food groups. So, yeah, that's my personal experience. And I think that most of us don't really know how to deal with fasting in general. Um, So let's start with that of how does the Bible define fasting? So I love how in Scripture we see so many different examples of what fasting looks like. Um, Jesus Jesus gives us examples of that. We see it in so many different places, but it's really meant to be this means of humbling ourselves and denying something that we prioritize, right? That takes up our time, our attention, our focus, our energy in order to really feed our spirit and grow closer to the Lord. Mm. And it should really be something, this is where a lot of people I think get it twisted. It should move us away from pride and change Mm. our desires. And when we fast with the intent of weight loss, right? I've even had, I've even heard pastors from the stage say like, you know, we're going to do a corporate fast altogether, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like a church-wide fast, or Mm -hmm. um, they're encouraging it as a church and you can choose to participate or not. Um, But I've even heard pastors from the stage say, oh, well, we, I'm really ready for this fast because I need to drop X number of pounds. 
right? Uh Um, And they say it to try to make it a lighthearted thing. And most of the time, I don't think it's malintended. However, Mm -hmm. that is certainly not the point of it. Um, That gets us way away. We never see any sort of mention of that in scripture whatsoever. It is always this like, drop your pride, move closer to the Lord. And so that is what it's meant to be. And it's not what culture has made it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really like what you said about that. It's a means of humbling ourselves in order to feed our spirit and grow close to the Lord. And so when we think of, well, if I'm fasting from food, I'm really, how am I feeding my spirit? So, so to be able to think about that um, is really important. But you, don't, you didn't necessarily mention food in that definition, which I, I think is important. <laughs> so is fasting always about food? So we see a lot of examples of fasting from food in scripture because fasting or eating, feasting, food preparation was a big deal. Like it took a lot of time. They didn't have microwaves and toaster ovens and Mm -hmm. (laughs) conventional ovens like we have. It took a lot of time to make leavened bread, right? It Mm -hmm. took a lot of time to prepare a lot of the meats and, you know, harvest the fruits and all the different things that they made. And so it was a huge time commitment. And so when they fasted from food and scripture, a lot of the time it was, hey, I'm devoting this time that I would have spent on something to nourish my body. And I'm going to instead nourish my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's what fascinates me as a dietitian from this standpoint, I'll give you some of the like nerdy, not so much nerdy, but what I think is fascinating from a science or physiology standpoint, from a physical health standpoint, is that typically when we fast, there's a lot of things in our body that slow down, namely our Mm. brains, right? Like we don't, our brains function off of carbohydrate and glucose, and that's how it's designed. But there's this beautiful example of Jesus fasting in the wilderness. This is right after he has been baptized by John the Baptist. And he's about to enter his ministry. And so he is Mm. in the wilderness and he's fasting for 40 days, which to me sounds awful. I can't (laughs) imagine going 40 days. And Jesus, this is like no food, no water. Like this is, this is a very like deeply devoted time that he is spending with God, the father in preparation for this three year ministry that he's going to have before he goes to the cross. And normally when we fast, because our brain functions off glucose, our thought processes slow down. We mm-hmm. get brain fog. We lose a lot of like our response time slows mm-hmm. down, right? We might have trouble forming words or sentences for a little while. And what's so interesting and beautiful about this is because this was not, Jesus wasn't relying on physical nourishment. He was fully relying on the Lord. He mm-hmm. actually was getting more clarity, not less right? He wasn't just fasting for the sake of depriving himself of food, but he was intentionally aligning his will with the fathers and depending on God for his strength. So those are those types of fasts. Most of the ones we see in the Bible, if not all, um, are food related and it's Mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. However, when the goal is again, like to humble ourselves before the Lord and grow our spirit in today's society, that can look a lot of different ways. My mm-hmm. personal opinion and the the way that I have interpreted scripture, I've had a lot of very, for me, effective fasting periods that had nothing to do with food, where 
I had to remove something that was taking up my time or that was puffing up my pride Mm -hmm. in order to humble myself. And food Mm -hmm. wasn't a part of that. Um, And so do we see a lot of that in scripture? No, we don't. The culture Mm -hmm. is very different, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't still meet the goal or that you can't um, have have a fast that brings you closer to the Lord that serves the original purpose it was meant for mm-hmm. without doing it in a, in a different way. That's going to support your mental and spiritual health in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And so what I'm hearing you say is, um, is you don't have to fast from food. There, there are biblical examples of that. Um, but then, you know, there's talk, there's um, talk about true fasting, which is to, care for the poor and and feed the orphans and and do justice and and love mercy and so so that that feels like a hey you're not you're not stepping away from something you're stepping into the justice mm-hmm. of the lord and participating yeah. with that so you know the bible can is always changing my mind at least <laughs> and so many times we read it it's like oh i thought fasting was just to deny yourself and you know to take something away but Isaiah says that fasting is to step into good works and to step into caring for others. So, so I am hearing you say like step away from something if it's feeding your pride to just maybe mm-hmm. you know separate yourself from that for a time. Um, yeah. If there's something that's getting in the way of you being with God, um, and then thinking about other biblical examples of times of mourning or um, leaning into God, like um, Esther. I remember she called for a fast. Yes you know, mm-hmm. what, for her people to be able to yep. seek God before they were all eliminated. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's lots of different reasons for, for fasting. And so, but I think the main points is that you, we are seeking the Lord um, in an undivided um, way where there's, we're just taking out those distractions that we feel like can be, can grow and that we need yeah. to, we need to take a, take a step away from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, we can kind of sum up a little bit more on fasting. So, but let's move on to gluttony. Um, what are kind of the misconceptions, like the biggest misconceptions that you see around gluttony, and how would you say that the Bible defines it? I would absolutely say one of the the top misconceptions is that, and that that culture has kind of taught us is gluttony means you are overeating or you are quote unquote Mm. lacking self-control, right? You are eating way too much or one of the phrases I hear, and you've probably heard this, Casey, those of you listening, you may be in this boat where it's like, oh, well, that is one of the seven deadly sins, Mm. which is not in scripture, by the way. Um, And so we get this big misconception about like overeating gluttony equals overeating Mm -hmm. um and even though overeating can sometimes fall into that category one does not necessarily equal the other Mm -hmm. yeah okay so we'll circle back to that one does not necessarily equal the other so what does the bible say that gluttony is um outside of our own misconceptions yeah so most of the time in scripture. So I really love to look at, there's this um, study of scripture approach called the law of first mention. And it's essentially going, okay, well, where is this term or word 
where does it first show up in scripture? That's usually, it's like, you know, most original, raw, intentional reading. And so gluttony or being a glutton, this first shows up in Deuteronomy. So it's one of those first five books of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means like to be worthless, to be vile, to make light of something or to squander. Mm. And so, yes, we can absolutely see that show up in food, but it shows up in several different passages, both in Deuteronomy and we see this, this same original root word show up in a couple of passages in Proverbs. And they're usually talking about um, either like drunkenness or some type of behavior that mm-hmm. is very um, disrespectful or irreverent or just mm-hmm. way out of custom. Um, very vile is essentially kind of the meaning there. And so mm-hmm. in the context of food, yes, we don't want food to become an idol or something that we are elevating the same level, you know, as the Lord in our mm-hmm. lives. That could absolutely fall under that definition of gluttony. But it is, again, like if, if it is a vile act, overeating does not necessarily fall into that category. You really have to look at the heart posture behind something, not just the behavior. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's, and, and I can picture myself just years ago when I had no, didn't know about intuitive eating and was really in, entrenched in um, feeling guilty about when I was eating. And I would quote, overeat and I'm saying it in quotes but it was really that I was restricting myself um, whether in calories or in satisfying foods and I would eat more but really what I was doing looking back on it is I was nourishing myself and my body knew that I needed it which is why I had those cravings and which is why I felt out of control around it Um, but our body has that innate wisdom yes Um, and then but our, our moral compass is tainted by those thoughts of diet culture and that, oh, no, I do need to restrict. And so you feel, I felt so conflicted mm-hmm. and felt like I was just an out-of-control person and disrespecting food is what, what I felt like. I was like, I know food's a gift, but I'm just eating too much of it and I feel like I need to respect it in a way that's, you know, controlled and I can just eat a few and be okay and give thanks for it and not think about it all the time so man it's so tough um I I would say like if you're in a well maybe you can probably speak into this more (laughs) of like most of us fall I mean a lot of us fall into the categories of like some type of disordered eating because of diet culture and we just don't know it and so we think that overeating is is gluttonous um, when really we just need to eat more. <laughs> that is so true. And it sounds so simple, Casey. And when you're listening to this, if your thought is like, okay, well, yes, I don't, I don't want to prioritize food or I don't want to rely on food for everything. Right. Yes. We, we don't want food to be our only tool for coping with something like mm-hmm. difficult emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily going to fall into that category of gluttony because it is really so much about heart posture and you just mentioned like our bodies our bodies have wisdom and Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something that might be hard for some people to hear but we've got to check our pride and go why do I think my wisdom about my body is greater than the Lord's wisdom in designing it Mm -hmm. because 
when we restrict our bodies physically, like you mentioned, or from a mentality standpoint, I'm just going to take this off the table because this is quote unquote bad or unhealthy, or I can't maintain control around this food. If I keep Mm -hmm. this, whatever item, bluebell, you know, bluebell ice cream in my freezer, I'm not going to be able to control myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, there can be absolutely aspects of disordered eating that fall within that. But there's also a physiological response that the Lord gave us to mm-hmm. when we are not nourishing ourselves enough, okay, regardless of what the food is, right? Yep. If we are under eating or if we are under consuming a vital nutrient, maybe mm-hmm. you're eating enough total, quote unquote, during the day, but you're lacking mm-hmm. adequate carbohydrate. We are designed, the, the, the God of the universe designed us in a way that our hormones and a lot of things are going to change and fluctuate in order to try to keep us safe and alive. Yep. And yep. so we're going to be geared towards those foods. And it's not a lack of self-control or discipline the vast majority of the time, right? Maybe that's the case every once in a while is, yes, there's some disordered thoughts that lean us in a different direction. And that's mm-hmm. a whole nother conversation, but right. We've got to trust that, okay, God, there's a, there's a reason for this yeah. and help me discover like either where's the gap or where's the overlap? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, sometimes we kind of use the term rebound eating, right? Mm-hmm. Rebound eating is like when you have restricted yourself and then it's like, I can't, I can't restrict anymore. I got to have something. And that may lead to a binge or a period of overeating. That is a normal physiological response yes. that's keeping you alive. Right. So it's big not, difference there. It's not you being greedy. It's you right. eating your body because that's what God made you for. <laughs> like he made yes. you for it with that, that cue for nourishment. And, yep. and like I would say too that I, I quote knew how much to eat. Like you said, um, mm-hmm. I thought I knew, you know, how many calories I needed or what the ratios of macros and micros I needed. And I, I couldn't stick to that. Because I didn't know how to trust my body. I thought that I needed to keep my body under control. Like, like Paul says, you know, discipline your body. And I was applying that verse to my eating, which is also taken out of context. Um, and so, but that, that practice was taking me away from the Lord. And it wasn't, um, you know, me eating well on any given day fed my pride. And so, you know, fasting and gluttony really are very related, um, they just get twisted. And so, Absolutely. like you said, it's, it's not um, a, a personal fault. It may be a physiological deficit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So to be able to kind of, you know, pull, pull the weight off of your shoulders with, when it comes to gluttony and fasting there. Um, okay. So let's, let's kind of sum this all up. If, you could sum this up in a sentence. What do you believe that other Christians need to know about gluttony and fasting? I would say the main thing is that it's important to know that if someone, like it's, it's impossible to know by looking at someone if mm-hmm. they are struggling with gluttony or fasting, right? By looking at their outward appearance, because fasting is a biblical practice, can be done scripturally in a, in a way that allows our us to submit ourselves to Christ's authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, the, I think the one thing is just looking at 
appearance and behavior, it is impossible to know or distinguish either one on whether it is biblical or if it's been culturally warped. Yep, that's good. So we don't have to be the judge here. Right. <laughs> that's very important because, because gods are judged. And to be able to, to think about Romans 14 of, you know, who am I to judge another one's servant? Um, we are to stand or fall before the Lord and he is able to make us stand. And so to be able to trust one another with the relationship with God um, and to trust our bodies with, <laughs> with the Lord and what our bodies are saying to us. Um, yeah. Okay. What are three practical ways that someone who's listening can kind of use this information to um, encourage someone else? Maybe if this, if this comes up in conversation. So I would say, number one, be mindful of your language, especially Mm -hmm. when talking to other people about their body or their eating habits. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important to use neutral language, right? So what I mean by that is like avoid terms like, you know, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, clean or junk, right? When it comes to foods, Um, because not everybody has access to the same kind of foods as you do. There is no line in scripture that says you need to eat all organic, non-GMO, homegrown, you know, farmer's market. That's not available to everybody. If that were the case and we referred to all these other foods as bad, then we're saying, okay, well, Lord, you have pre-selected certain people to be healthy or unhealthy or good or bad, yeah. right? Yeah. So we've, we've got to be mindful of our language around. So that would be the first thing I would say. Um, the second is educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if you were in a position where maybe you work with others, especially in like an encouragement or a counseling or an accountability or pastoral care, even type mm-hmm. role. Right. Um, we'll have more on this than the non-diet Christian Academy later, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you you probably talk about more. But getting education for yourself, even if this is not something that you feel like you personally struggle with, whether it's gluttony or disordered eating right? Mm -hmm. Or a healthy view of fasting or maybe a cultural view of fasting. So getting some education around more so than what we have time and capacity to talk about today. Right. Um, And bringing somebody on who has a solid biblical perspective of that. Um, And then I would say the third, like really practical thing is that we've got to understand that it is possible to feel out of control around food without it being a sin issue or gluttony. And We talked about this a little bit, but I would say there are four, I don't know if I would say red flags, but reasons why you might feel out of control. And so if you recognize one of these four, that can be a little like red flag or warning to, okay, this is something maybe I need some support on or to look into. Mm -hmm. And so the first one, we already talked about this a little bit, Casey, is you've been restricting yourself physically. Mm -hmm. That is going to lead you to feel out of control. So simple, practical solution there. And I say simple because it's not easy. There's a right. difference, okay? But practical solution here is you've got to increase your daily food intake, okay? Mm. Preferably before the evening because so many of my clients at least struggle with binging later in the day when they haven't had enough to eat that day, okay? Yeah. So without going into that in detail, I'm going to go on to kind of the second That's reason good. you might feel, feel out of control. Again, we've touched on this is you've been mentally restricting, mm-hmm. okay? So this is kind of practical solution or... um challenge here for yourself is to start allowing yourself to have those foods that you've been restricting and Mm -hmm. do it more frequently without the caveats not like Mm -hmm. okay well I binge on M&M so I'm gonna let myself have three M&Ms at lunch today 
we got to we got to work on some of the the food rules maybe that accompany that so yeah. there's usually some support needed there um but that's kind of the second reason you might feel out of control is mental restriction um the third is that you you may not be fully connected with your body or how it feels as you eat mm-hmm. okay so this could be things like struggling to recognize patterns of hunger and fullness this could be knowing that like if you've if you've had kind of like up and down or sporadic patterns with eating you may have trouble with either regulating a lot of those um, hungerfulness type hormones, mm-hmm. or it may just take you take you longer to recognize for or for your body to catch up. Going, okay, I am satisfied, or oh yes, I am hungry. So yeah, that that is a a time consuming kind of thing that takes a lot of practice on. Um, yeah. So not having that connection with your body, and then the last one I would say is a a reason you might feel out of control. Um, Actually, let me just say like practical solution with the third one. Work with a dietitian, maybe even a therapist that is super familiar with hormones and disordered eating, hunger, fullness kind of signals. Mm. Okay. That's a, again, kind of a simple solution, but not always easy. Um, And then the last one I would say is if you, um, another reason you may feel out of control is that you've been either using food or the withholding of food as a means to meet a necessary need. Mm. And this one can feel a little more abstract. And so from a, a practical solution standpoint, it really comes down to figuring out like, what need am I trying to meet either by eating or not eating in mm. one of those situations where you may feel something like stress or that need for control. <laughs> um, I have a free resource for this. If y'all want it, just DM me after the, the show and I'll just send it to you, but, um, but really getting to that root of why, like what makes me go, okay, I'm going to have to say no to be right now. I feel like I just can't do it. Or what's giving me that urge to eat, even though I know I'm not hungry. Mm -hmm. That can happen. That can happen for a normal person too. Again, like I eat sometimes when I'm not hungry. Right. And there are reasons for that. We won't divulge it. That's all another topic. Um, but, but those would be kind of like my three practical ways, Mm -hmm. right? So be mindful of your language. Number one, number two, educate yourself, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to the differences and things like gluttony, fasting, disordered eating. Um, and then number three, understand that it's possible to feel out of control without it being a sin issue or gluttony, because there are multiple reasons you may feel out of control around food. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for um, kind of summing that up and leaving us with leaving us with some very practical takeaways of it's not just this idea that we're having to grapple with um, on our own, but no, there are some things that we can start taking action on, and that's going to give us confidence to follow the Lord in a way that we don't have to keep things under wraps, and that we can talk about it with people, um, people like us, you know, like yeah. <laughs> they're they're we're opening up this conversation to show that, no, this is important. This needs to be talked about. Um, and too, when I, when you were talking, I was thinking about like, well, what really is like, what is the overarching theme of this conversation so far? And um, I was thinking about Psalm 119, 96, which the psalmist is just praising God for his word, for his commandments, for his law. And that's not something I do very often. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But when I think when you said food rules, like 
those those feel suffocating and those feel like uh, unattainable. But um, in contrast, Psalm 119.96 says, and this is from the Amplified Bible version, so it kind of um, opens it up a little bit more. It says, I have seen that all human perfection has its limits, no matter how grand and perfect and noble. Your commandment is exceedingly broad and extends without limits into eternity. So, you know, it's like, I feel like when a lot of times we can think about God as the rule giver, but instead he is the freedom giver. <laughs> There's, yes. His commandments are exceedingly broad and without limits extending into eternity. So um, I hope that helps you take a de- us all take a deep breath um, when we think about these heavy topics that the Lord can guide us in. Um, nothing is too hard for him. So um, Brittany, how are you experiencing joyful health right now in your life? Oh, Casey, I'm in, I'm in a season, you mentioned it at the beginning, um, at the time of this recording, we are getting very close to delivery with our third baby. And mm. so joyful health for me right now looks like making sure that um, I am honoring my body's need for a little more food and energy than I would mm. normally require. It means taking movement very gently. Right mm-hmm. to help with things like stiff muscles and a back that you know that is a little off kilter than normal. My yes. center of gravity is off, and so um, being gentle with that and making sure like there's there's no judgment. This is what my body is requiring yeah. right now, and so that also sometimes looks like giving myself a little more rest, not just sleep, but like different types of rest and mm-hmm. learning how to say no and setting boundaries because I've got to take care of myself and my you know my baby and my family and my house as well so um that's we're we're just in a season right now where nutrition and movement looks a little different I am intentionally choosing certain foods that I um know are necessary during pregnancy and Mm -hmm. for my like have a tendency to have low iron levels and Mm -hmm. so I'm being more intentional from a general nutrition standpoint to choose foods that are higher in iron and foods to have with that that help the iron you know, absorb. And so it's this, it's really uh, a beautiful and joyful season right now of making things look a little different than usual. And I love it. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because, you know, joyful health looks different for every single person. (laughs) Of Like, it doesn't mean you're just, you're going out and you're having a party all the time. It's like, oh, it, it means meeting my body's needs for greater life. (laughs) And that is where the joy is because I know that's where God is. Yes. So that's beautiful. Um, I'm excited about your third baby and so thankful that you could come today um, and share with us a little bit about your knowledge of the Lord, his word, your experience. Um, once again, just being able to put this conversation in, into the hands of the Lord. Um, um, and also that, you know, we're here. We, we can be those resources um, to help walk with you. So how can people find you um, if they would like to work with you? Yeah, so um, as I prepare for maternity leave, um, I will be mostly transitioning to supporting all of our incredible members inside the Joy-Filled Food Freedom Society. So Mm. if you guys are looking for um, kind of like monthly support, there's all kinds of, we have such incredible community in there and little accountability pods for, you know, if you want somebody to walk alongside you on like a real life day-to-day kind of basis, not just Mm. like, 
I sort of know them. They're in this group, right? We're we're working on really cultivating some deeper relationships. And mm-hmm. and in order to to really grow closer to the Lord, I think that's something that we we all need in different in different ways. So um you can check out the Joyfield Food Free Food Freedom Society. Um it's just on my website, brittanybrazelrd.com slash membership. You can learn more about that there or hang out with me on the podcast. I will still be on the podcast every every week that I'm off. So check out the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about how to cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. Yeah. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited for what you've planned and just the resources that you continue to give. So I'm um, just excited to you know, that we get to continue equipping the body and that everyone's listening who can just take this and to go and encourage those who they come into contact with too. So, um, so yeah, would you do the honors of praying for us as we go? I would love to. Hey, thank you. Father God, we just praise you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for just God, how great you are for how wise you are. And we thank you for the blessing of our bodies, God. We thank you that you have just naturally built in this level of wisdom that we may or may not always understand. And so I pray today as um, listeners wrap up this conversation with us, Father God, that you would pour greater levels of wisdom into each and every person listening. Um, Father God, that they would take what we have talked about today and take it to you for greater understanding, that you would help them to know what to hold on to and what to let go of if there's anything that you don't want them to focus on right now and other areas where you do. And I thank you again, not just for the blessing of our bodies, but also the blessing of food. Um, And I pray for wisdom and understanding and grace for each person as they navigate the differences in gluttony versus binge eating and fasting the way culture tells us we should do it versus what you really tell us and give Mm -hmm. them just the courage and the bravery um, to focus more on what you say about Mm -hmm. them and who they are than what culture is going to try to make them believe. Thank you again, Lord, just for Casey and for the joyful health um, show and just this whole podcast, Lord Jesus, for the ministry that it has been and will continue to be moving forward. Um, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, and friends, until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Hey, 